0: Carolina Outdoors is now in session. Come on in. The listening is fine. Wes Lawson, Bill Barty, we're your hosts here each week, and we're here to encourage you to get outside. Along the way, of course, we want to outfit you for being outside. Jesse Brown's Outdoors is where we are from. That is our key and main sponsor here on the Carolina Outdoors. And over at Jesse Brown's, of course, we have some of the finest fashionable outerwear mm-hmm. and apparel for those of you who are outdoor enthusiasts, rugged men and women uh, of the land who are getting out there. And Wes, at Jesse Brown's and the Caroline Outdoors, it's a little bit of our job to help alleviate the fears that come with the outdoors. Yeah. For people who you know, aren't used to being out there, many people will bring up, um, uh, the, the heat or the bugs mm-hmm. or the snakes yep. or the bears yep. or where to go or I don't want to look stupid or get hurt doing it. And at Jesse Brown's, we not only have the knowledge, uh, you and I and the rest of the gang that stands behind us, but we also have some of the equipment that, that helps uh, people be prepared and be safe in the outdoors. I don't know if we have something that keeps people safe from some of the wildlife attacks that have been mm. lately yeah. in the news. Not bear, not snakes, but another form of creature.
1: Yeah, barred owl attacks are on the rise. <laughs> um, and that sounds kind of funny. At first, there was a story from, I think it was NPR, from Seattle. But, you know, last year, Bill, in my neighborhood here in Charlotte, uh, a person was going for a walk and had an owl um fly down and and grab their head. And that's all because of nesting. So they're territorial nesters. And so if they see something that they think is encroaching on that nest, they're going to swoop down and and either try to get it or scare it off. That could be you, me, a dog, a deer, a cat, whatever that is. But um, that's a scary thing to be totally honest with you.
0: Well, and that's not unlike many other uh, birds, like the hummingbird is a very territorial um, um, bird like that. In fact, if you're uh, in spring or summer, if you're putting up your uh, bird feeders for hummingbirds, you should put it where they cannot see each other, like one in the front yard and one in the backyard to separate the territories for hummingbirds. The difference is hummingbirds are an inch and a half or two inches uh, uh, in height. These barred owls are sizable and they are uh, prey oriented
1: as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't need to have a bird of prey with its talons a- attack me. I can live without <laughs> that. Um, and I've had one swoop down on me years and years ago when I was walking my dog on a trail. But yeah, so they'll come in and they will, you know, right as they're, near their target. They flare up and they throw those claws out. I mean, they can pick up a small creature and fly away, no problem. But in this particular story, this young lady, over the course of a week or two, was attacked twice on the head, scalp. And you know, scalp injuries are uncomfortable for a lot of reasons, but they tend to, to bleed a little bit more. They look a lot worse than they are. But anytime an animal, especially a wild animal, breaks skin, you need to go to the hospital. You need to get checked out, get cleaned up, probably get a tetanus shot, some antibiotics, all these kind of things to avoid infections because, you know, they don't wash their hands. So in her case, she's, you know, they they recommend that you walk either with a large hat on or an umbrella, give the neighbor something to talk about late at night, or an owl mask on backwards so that the, the owl who's being territorial will think, that's somebody I don't want to mess with. We don't sell that, Bill, but we have some other great things that'll keep you Prepared and safe outside, but not an owl mask. I'm trying
0: to look this up as you're talking about it, and in fact, one of the things that's written about, of course, and this is the bad news part. But the uh, the author, uh, Michael Peterson, Durham, North Carolina-based author, made famous in "Under the Staircase." It was a documentary mm-hmm. about yeah. the murder of his wife, Kathleen Peterson, there in in Durham and he had a previous uh spouse who was murdered or died as well but in the Kathleen Peterson case one of the defense uh um uh, uh theories was an owl attack yeah. yeah now apparently that was debunked he was convicted he's in the penitentiary but does that change any of uh
1: case outlooks i mean who knows right i mean there's lots of things that we just don't fully understand uh never mind the human psyche but also what animals are capable of and how they behave and this is all because you know as our population centers spread out we are encroaching heavily on uh territorial space the home of all kinds of wildlife and in this case it's the bard owl who typically nests in uh holes in trees rotten trees sometimes they make nests on branches, not as common, but, you know, as we build subdivisions and office parks farther out, we are moving into their space and where do they have to go? That's, you know, one of those issues. So it's totally feasible that that these kind of cases will become more common or heard about more frequently. Hey, on that topic over
0: at Jesse Brown's, I had uh, some clients who came into Jesse Brown's and they were buying – Bear repel, bear spray. Mm -hmm. We sell bear spray at Jesse Brown's. We have it. They were buying it because they had been at the driving range um, hitting golf balls. At Jesse Brown's, we not only welcome outdoor enthusiasts of all sorts, hunters, fishermen, hikers, climbers, but also golfers. But they had uh, seen coyotes. Yeah. Now, coyotes normally don't mess with people, not in that way. But they wanted to have, they had their grandchild with them, and they wanted that little bit of extra protection. So they bought some bear spray for the coyote. I assured them it would work on, on any kind of animal um, equally in that regard. Yeah, but I will. guess that's the same story. Earlier, we were talking about the movement of deer. In the opening mm-hmm, segment of mm-hmm. this week's Carolina Outdoors, a uh, plenty of deer that we are seeing in the springtime with turkey. It seems like more and more and more people. It used to be a turkey was really a wild turkey, was a tough find in many places, but now in the area surrounding Charlotte, plentiful um, w- w- during the spring and summer during that season. Is all of this the same? Just more people? living in more space,
1: yeah, where pe- these people are. people are spreading out into into wildlife habitat, but also you know think about what we have around our homes. you know we plant all these beautiful flowers, these home gardens and uh, you know wildlife eats that before we do. I know all the all the cottontails in my backyard ate most of our garden before we did uh, and if the deer can get into that garden they would too. Uh, They certainly enjoy jumping the fence and eating everything else before the dogs get out. Yeah, turkeys are the same way. Owls are the same way. Coyotes are a remarkable creature in how they can, their population range, and how they can um, essentially control their own population by, you know, growing and how their litters can change. But, you know, Bill, anything, any animal, including people, that has um, eyes and and a nose, that bear spray is going to work. Um, One thing to think about when you use that is, you know, you have a limited amount and a limited range. And if the wind blows, you can just as easily mace yourself. So kind of put one hand up in a protective mode anyway, but also in case your, uh, your target decides to move towards you. But it will help shield that. And if you do get it in your eyes and your mouth, get a water bottle or a hose and start flushing your eyes for 10 to 15 minutes. Get that capsaicin out of your eyes and your nose. It's not a pretty sight.
0: One, one day we'll do a, 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 some segments on the conspiracy of uh, the reintroduction of some of these animals. Oh, it's fascinating. M- maybe state-sponsored. Who knows, coyotes? We want to do some responsible journalism, so we won't delve into it this segment. That'll be for a later date. Also, turkey, we need to recognize the National Wild Turkey Federation in, in the uh The conservation that has come in that boom as well, but that'll be for another show that we talk about that. Honing back in on the bear spray Mm -hmm. purchased for protection and also honing in on the fears of people who are heading outdoors and how to prevent them Preparation is a big part of it, and self-education. That's what we do here on the Carolina Outdoors and at Jesse Browns Outdoors. Check us out at jessebrowns.com, Wes Lawson and Bill Bartee. Wes, with that preparation, some of the things that we may forget to pack Mm -hmm. when we are preparing for a trip that are easy. And here's one, that you don't think about it as the time is, uh, we're falling back, the days are going to become much shorter here in the wintertime. We don't think of going on a fishing trip or e- even a hunting trip thinking about sunglasses or eye protection. That's one thing, even in these shorter days, we must remember to take. You're preparing for a fishing trip right now. It's a fishing trip that's five plus hours away. Yep. Harkers Island, the unincorporated island off the coast of North Carolina, is where you're heading. What are some of those things that you have to remember to pack, or that we need to remember to pack that maybe are all seasons, yeah. all encompassing?
1: So let's let's skip the things like like most clothing and rods and reels and that kind of thing, there are a handful of small things that make a big difference. So, sunglasses for me are always included. Um, Different shades in some cases. Mine are always polarized. Um, I don't go anywhere without at least some sort of a pocket knife, but I also, when I'm doing outdoor things, I always have my multi-tool. It gets used a lot more frequently than, than I ever thought it would. A headlamp, with batteries, it needs to work. Uh, if I need a headlamp, I need light. And you know, I think deep down in our little lizard brains, we're still all afraid of the dark. So having a good <laughs> flashlight or a good a good headlamp now, my hands are free. I can do things. Um, it helps me see, but it also helps me to be seen. So if I'm doing something at night, so I can see, or early in the morning, odds are somebody else needs to see me. Another boater another angler someone driving a vehicle so it's a safety thing for me so i can angle that thing down not blind anybody but still be seen and then it's other little things you know i suffer from allergies i think year-round so i always have my allergy medicine i've always got some sort of um, pain reliever anti-inflammatory you whatever you want small bottle of that and then i live and breathe by liquid band-aid kind of stuff it doesn't come off in the water like a band-aid will It can disinfect a little bit. It's not a standalone, but if I get a fish hook in there or some sort of cut, I want to cover that thing up quickly to avoid spreading germs and bacteria everywhere, but also keeping myself clean. Burns a little bit, but that stuff lasts forever. It's fantastic. I've got it in the truck, in the bag I take to work, and in my fishing bag. It looks like the the size of, of, of your wife's nail polish. Real small, works great. And then other little things like for this It's going to be windy and sunny, so obviously sunscreen. Chapstick is always going to be there. Seasonally, and depending on where I'm going, the right kind of insect repellent. Uh, And in some cases, you just deal with the bugs because you you can't have the repellent. And then from there, it's all those other little things that you should always have. Appropriate layers, rain shell, which for now is going to be for the wind, hat, sunglasses, change of clothes, obviously, fishing, that kind of thing. And then... There's a, there's a sense that when we go fishing, especially on a boat, that we should be doing lots of drinking. And, uh, yeah. and I get that. But uh, for me, it's always about hydration, proper yeah. hydration. So there'll be plenty of water. Might be a sports drink in there, too, just to kind of boost those electrolytes. I don't get fully into the electrolyte thing. Uh, and then snacks, especially salty ones, kind of get those, those salts back in there. You crave that. It's the only thing we really crave is salt. So, you know, we'll have a cooler full of drinks, uh, appropriate ones. There may be a celebratory beer or two for later on, but I don't advocate nor practice drinking and driving, which includes a boat. Um, We're responsible for ourselves and those around us. I'm not going to get preachy about it, though. So it's important.
0: That's funny. Uh, Hydration, that is a strange one because when we're talking about uh, hiking, backpacking, cycling, running, it's pretty, it seems relatively self-explanatory. But for many, it's not. But then you throw in there like deer hunting. One thing about water is it does not have uh, odor like your your, uh, soft drinks and that sort of thing. Fishing involves water. So maybe we just don't think, and oftentimes water is plentiful. I mean, they sell it by the dozens in stores now. That used to not be a thing. Used to be water was free. I mean, you yeah. just got water, a but with fishing many times, especially boat fishing, it's, it can be overlooked. So it's one of those things. I'm glad you said that one because it's uh, one of those things. It's if your guide or brother forgets it, the cooler may not have any
1: water on the boat and you need to be thoughtful uh, of that. So think about that. You know, if you're going to book a guide, whether it's with Jesse Brown's, we'll always explain what we're going to bring and what you should bring. Mm. If you've got a, a coastal guide, Find out from them, hey, do I need to bring drinks, snacks, lunch, that sort of thing, so when you do show up, you're prepared because it's windy, it's sunny typically, you're active. Even if you're just standing still, that boat's moving. You're using all kinds of little minor muscle groups. You need to have uh, some sort of a, a calorie intake and hydration so you don't get a headache, so you don't get muscle cramps, you don't kind of fall apart at the seams, you got to stay mindful of that, and if you can't do that, always have some chewing gum or hard candy close by. Oh, there you go. Hey, I liked
0: what you said in there, and it was a nuanced use of language. But it, this time of year especially, I think it was important. You said a rain shell. Yeah. And that kind of clarifies not just a raincoat, but a rain shell. This is lightweight. It's n- not Usually they're non-insulating, but it is, again, going back to us talking about fitting waders, It's lightweight, compact, hopefully breathable, but it's all-encompassing. So if you're wearing a t-shirt and it's raining, you can put it on to stay dry. But if it's cold out, windy out, you can uh, put on your thermal underwear, your fleece sweater, and then your rain shell to keep you comfortable. So I'm going to read these out because I took my notes here. And these are just... Some of what you must take—they're relatively small. We kicked it off with sunglasses, just for that eye protection and also clarity when you are um, looking into the water yep. or that sort of thing. Uh, pocket knife—you mentioned this too because you added tool, and that's really what a pocket knife is. It is a tool exactly to help you uh, with the chores that may come as you are outdoors on a fishing trip, a hunting trip, or any trip. Um, Headlamps with batteries, ibuprofen, Advil, aspirin, whatever that uh, anti-inflammatory painkiller is. I know why you need that one because we're getting older That's the truth. <laughs> and sore. Uh, rain shell, liquid band-aid, first aid, and hydration. Those are just some of the things that you need to make sure are in your go bag or fishing vest or boat bag. Uh, before you head out for an adventure, and we'll post this up on the Jesse Brown's blog, available at jessebrowns.com.
1: And if you have other allergies, if, you know, if you've if you been prescribed an EpiPen, bring that and some Benadryl with you. So if you do get stung or you have a reaction, you know what to do. Pop that EpiPen right in that thigh, take a Benadryl or two, and then obviously the trip's over We're heading to the hospital. It's important to have that over the weekend Dave let me borrow his EpiPen because of some yellow jackets, so I had that with me just in case somebody had that happen. That stuff's important, just like sunscreen. You need to have it with you. If you take daily medicines, have those with you. Know what to do with them. If you take nitroglycerin tablets in your pocket, take them with you so you know what to do just in case. Everything we laid out, Bill, packs down into minimal space, and I can keep it organized. It's within reach. It's not bringing the kitchen sink. It's just those things I know I'm going to use. I know I'm going to need. I don't want to have to go get them from somewhere else. Hey, you you want any coyote spray? I got some things for that. <laughs> We've got some
0: available at jessebrowns.com for your false albacore fishing trip, just in case.
1: It would be weird if we saw that on the water.
0: <laughs> Very weird. He's Wes Lawson. I'm Bill Barty. You're listening to the Carolina Outdoors.